0: Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in to the Spilling the Sweet Tea podcast. You are listening to your Southern BFFs share their stories and create a community that spreads love and lets others know you are not alone. We hope that you enjoy the things we discuss and that you feel like you are part of something special. Let's get it started with today's episode. This episode is part two, picking up off of the last episode where we started to talk about all the things Elvis, beginning with Lisa Marie Presley's funeral, this just picks right up where we left off. So we got there Thursday night, spent the night, and then Friday was our whole Elvis day. So I was wrong. In the beginning, I said Saturday. Friday morning, Mm -hmm. Jessica and I woke up and went to Tupelo. Lynn was going to come with us, but she was under the weather and wasn't feeling great. And she said, look, I really want to enjoy the Graceland tour later. So y'all just go and I'm going to sleep. And so we went. So we I drove. can just say too, even before I knew what we were going to do this day,
1: but in reflection, I just think you couldn't have crammed any more Elvis into this day than no. we did. And I was so, I was excited for everything, but it wasn't until the days got going. And then we were in Tupelo that I was like, this is like my dream day. Like it doesn't get better than this.
0: (laughs) It was, it was so good. And honestly, I feel like us changing. So we had our initial time for the Graceland tour was at 2.15 and we knew that it wasn't going to work out that way. So we called to see if they had anything later and they had a 3.15 available. And honestly, it was probably the best because we had such an awesome tour guide, but we'll get to that. So we go to Tupelo, where they have Elvis's childhood home, his church that he grew up in. They have a special chapel dedicated to him with different benches where you can go and listen to him sing gospel music. It's That's very haunting, too, but we'll get there. And it was just really neat. It's very humbling, I'd have Mm -hmm. to say, because it documents the early life of Elvis and where he came from. So we began the tour in the museum, which everything in the museum was donated by people who had things from Elvis or knew him or however, and I won't ruin everything, but (laughs) (laughs) as soon as we walk in to the left is something that Elvis had given to another person And it was either he was age six or in sixth grade, but he had given this to somebody else, another kid, and he literally had nothing. His family was poor. They had nothing. And he gave away pretty much the only thing he had. And that just goes to show that he had a giving and servant heart from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So when you hear the stories of all the lavish gifts that he gave to people in his life, it makes sense. So... We went through the museum, saw some things that made us go, <gasps> <laughs> oh my gosh. And should I say the thing that I want to say that we saw that we were like, oh my gosh?
1: I think you can say it. That's what this okay. platform is for. <laughs> well,
0: yes, but if anybody wants to go, I just think, I don't know. Okay. So at the end of the museum, they had a little section of things people had taken and held on to of his and one area was these these ladies had i guess bribed the hotel staff yeah the hotel staff of a hotel that Elvis had stayed in to let them go and rummage through his room to see what they could find well they had coffee mugs that still had like a coffee stain in the bottom and they also had a white towel that had a piece of black hair taped to it. <sighs> that we just we were like, oh my gosh. And we thought, well, maybe that's just the towel. No, we no. looked and it was taped with this hair stuck to it. And I was like, Jessica, look.
1: No, and I'll say I've I've been to Graceland. Several times now, I've spent a lot of time in all of the exhibits. I have not seen something. <laughs> this is going to sound so weird. I've not seen something from his physical body, yeah. like a hair. Look. That's from his head, but like, bizarre. I guess, yeah, and I think about you know my mom probably kept hair from our first haircuts and stuff. Like hair oh, doesn't yeah. really go bad. So to think of that, I'm like, why don't we have more stuff like this from Elvis? We need more hair, or like. Yes. I don't even know what else without getting too weird. Yeah, so when when
0: they shaved his head for him to go in the military, (laughs) did anybody keep any of that? Did anyone
1: sweep that up? Which they did that (laughs) in Fort Chaffee, which is where I used to live. You can still go to the barbershop there where he got his first haircut. When I go into town, I should ask if they have like a relic of his hair there.
0: You That's where I used to live. Yeah. You're going there this weekend. I'm going to need to uh, look into that. I'm
1: going to look into that because if anyone would have the hair, and I mean, they documented that experience with yeah. his haircut. So
0: mm, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, do I'm going to do some boots on the ground research on that.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, so after we went through the museum, we walked over to the church because they have a presentation every hour on the hour. And what they did was they moved his original church from where it was to where it is now on those grounds. The pews are still the same. It's all set up still the same, which you may remember this better than I do, but explain the the transition of the church from house to church and and all of that. So it was originally the church,
1: and then the church needed to expand to fit the size of the congregation. So they rebuilt a larger church, which then the original building that Elvis would have went to was turned into a four-bedroom house. And I'm sure it went through several renovations over the years. But then when the birthplace, as like a tourist attraction, wanted to buy it back, they restored it to what it originally would have looked like. Mm -hmm. And they they were able to salvage like a small piece of the original flooring. And Mm -hmm. a few things were saved from the original time when it was turned into a house instead of a church. Yes.
0: Yes. So we walked on the original flooring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... We touched the podium that he stood next to or probably touched at one point to sing as a small child. And it was really cool because they basically do a mock church service. The, The lady that was putting it on, she was so sweet. She came up to me and said, hey, honey, how's your sister feeling? And I was like, I'm, and, and Jessica was like, it's church service. And I was like, oh, she's great. She's great. And, so, and I'm, I'm confused too because Lynn's like sick at home. I'm like, she's not my sister. Did I tell you about that? Like I just was not with it. But it was really neat. It was cool. It was fun, very intimate. And then she told us, go over to the chapel to where you can hear his music play. So when you walk over to the chapel, it has all these different pews that have been donated by different people in Elvis's life and have set it up. There's a little podium. There's a little place where you can kneel. It's really set up like a chapel and you can just sit and listen to him sing his gospel music. And it is very haunting and, Mm -hmm. and it has a very tall ceiling Yes, and
1: his voice just booms all throughout.
0: Yes. So then after that, we walked over to, the shotgun house that he was born in and they said that the location that the house is sitting on that's original it has Mm -hmm. not moved it's still in its same spot they even told us that vernon came and had it set up to what it originally looked like it wasn't all the original furniture but he came there and set up the bed and and the way that it looked when they lived there which i thought was really special And that part of it I think was most humbling for me because it's literally two rooms, one's a bedroom, Mm -hmm. and there's a like a fireplace that divides the wall that Vernon built. And there's a whole story to this. So if you go, you'll hear about, you know, how much it costs and how everything kind of transpired, which is really neat. But you look at it and you're like, man, this family lived in this room. This man was born in this room that revolutionized so much history. This family lost one of their babies in this room. Mm-hmm. It's just so. Yeah. Know, it's just wild. And to physically
1: even. be there and feel the, the ceiling was so close to our heads. the The mm-hmm. walls were so small and there was you and I, and then the attendant working it. And I thought mm-hmm. we are three people. And if I have to be in here, more than like an hour, I might not be happy, but this is how mm-hmm. they lived. And this is how people lived at that time,
0: mm-hmm. which is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. and then, you know, they had an outhouse that was out back and that's, it's just crazy to, to see how people live now versus how they lived back then. And I actually took a picture of the the kitchen area just to show how small and how minimal, simple their lives were. And I have it as the background of my phone just to remind me of such a simpler time because I think it's just really fascinating how this family went from literally nothing or barely anything to what they became. So later after we left Tupelo and went back, we went to the Graceland tour and we started with the mansion. So This is a guided tour of the mansion, the movie exhibit, and then you had access to all the museums after that. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot to talk about the chic blonde lady. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. Well, so I have a picture of the chic blonde lady from the back. But when we went to go check in for this tour, we told the sweet people that were working there how— We had just been there for the funeral and how well they did everything and how wonderful it was to experience that. And we kept telling them there was a girl there who was, we like to call her the chic blonde girl because she was so pretty and so put together and handled everything with such poise when she probably was just freaking out the entire time. And I actually spoke to her after and let her know. I said, hey, I don't know what you do here, but you have it all together. Well, we found out later that her name was Meredith. And they love Meredith at Graceland. They had a lot of nice things to say about her. And I said, well, you tell Meredith that she is a rock star because I can't say that if I was in that close proximity to some of the people that she was close to, that I would be able to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) So, because I've just always loved Priscilla too. I just think she is such an icon and she's been through so much and I just, I love her. I adore her. But Larisha was our tour guide and our energies matched identical. It was wonderful. And she took us through and and we really just got to take it all in and, you know, went through the meditation garden and I cried several times and, mm-hmm. and it it was so fresh. And I want to touch on this for a second. I feel like I associate this situation of this family's grief with something that I am pretty close to that happened recently. My childhood best friend, Kristen, that passed away in 2012. Her mom passed away last year by suicide. And it was a really hard thing to wrap my mind around. But also Lisa, who, who was her mom, lost her daughter in 2012. And then eight years later lost her son. Those are her only children. And I think when I see this story. Elvis's story is so sad in general, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that when we talk more about the movie. But this story, just it really is sad because Lisa Marie lost her son by suicide, and now she's gone, and Priscilla's lost all these people, and she's trying to just carry on and pick up the pieces. And it just, I don't know, things like this tug my heartstrings and bring out grief in a different way. But also, Jessica has some of that in her life too. I'll let you tell that story, but I know that when you're part of something that you mm-hmm. feel so in- intertwined with, but then you also have your own personal stuff, it's a very weird feeling. It's different, but. Yeah, and I've even- always,
1: yeah, I've always said that one grief is a domino effect for every other grief that you've had. And mm-hmm. then. Even just in witnessing other people's grief, you empathize with that when you've had your own traumatic experience. And for me, whenever I was 14, my 19-year-old brother passed away in a car accident. Mm. And I've lost grandparents since then. And then in 2021, my husband and I were surprised with the miracle of having a baby. And we ended up having a miscarriage. And Mm -hmm. with both of those struggles, each of them are really unique in, you know, what part of life I've been in with each one and what my relationship to that person or, you know, like the baby would have been. Mm -hmm. Um, It just makes me think so much about the love of a mother because Mm -hmm. in thinking about my brother, I think about my own mother and how at the time I was grieving my sibling, but my mom she will be grieving her child for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. A child that was grown, that she held in her arms, that she had a relationship with. And for me to experience that with a baby I haven't even held before, it it made me feel so much more connected to her in that way. And so, like you said, mm-hmm. with a story like Priscilla, especially, for her to have lost a child,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: for Lisa Marie to have lost her child and so on... Mm-hmm. Gosh, it just, everyone has that experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not the proper order of things. It's not how it's supposed to be. And whether you lose a child that you've raised to the age of 19 or you lose a child that you never held, you still, as a mother. You're still a mom. Mm -hmm. You're still a mom and you still have had thoughts of a future for your child, regardless of when that happened. So being part of that, for mm-hmm. me, I have very much spiritually connected with my childhood best friend and her mother and the grief that I can't even fathom that her mother experienced losing both of her kids. And it, it's something that I don't understand. But now that I'm friends with Jessica and I know her story, I have learned a little bit about that side of things, too. And, and I'll just say this. I mean, you... You handle things beautifully in your situation, especially when you have close friends who say that, you know, they're expecting, because I've seen it happen. I've seen somebody (laughs) tell you that they're pregnant and you are excited. You are genuinely excited for them. It's not like, congratulations. Whereas I actually have experienced a situation where someone was, well, a few people were mean to me because I Got pregnant and was able to have a baby, and they had experienced loss. and And I am not saying that they aren't allowed to feel what they feel, but I commend you for how genuinely you care for others despite things that you have been through. Yeah, your, yeah, with your stuff.
1: And I honestly think, and, and that that part of things doesn't come easy. I can say that for the longest time you feel that bitterness in your heart, no matter how much you fight it. Sure, And it takes a lot of time to get to a place where you're not jealous or envious in that way. But I think, I think people who've experienced grief in such a profound way, or like the loss of a young person way before their time, I think it makes us better people. We can connect to others and to situations Mm -hmm. in so many ways that if you haven't been through that, you would look at this story and be like, these are celebrities. Why do you care?
0: And I care uh, deeply. Yes. I care so much. I really do. I really do. So going back to our tour, I had cried when we got to Lisa Marie's area of the trophy room where it was her crib and her Mm -hmm. baby toys and just feeling that sense of grief for Priscilla because I just can't even fathom that. And the tour guide even said, are you crying? And I said, yes. And she said, <laughs> why? And said, it's just so sad. And then I cried when I when we finally saw Lisa's resting place and all of that. So <clears throat> I guess it's actually great that I wear my emotions so much on my sleeve because I was the lucky one selected to, when we went to the archive building, the tour guide said, you, you come here first. I'm going to give you these white gloves. And I was like, me? Okay. And she pulls out and hands me a pair of Elvis's actual worn boots. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Jessica took pictures of my face and I just I thought it was so cool. Like I am holding a piece of iconic history in my hands right I now. I bet he has a toenail in one of those boots. <laughs> a in there. <laughs> I, and I sniffed it. <laughs> don't worry there wasn't a smell to it all these years it's rubbed off but i Mm -hmm. needed to know so i don't know with this movie coming out and sparking this huge interest which is what drew us to this tour because after the archive building we went back over to the exhibition center where we had that guided tour of the exhibit of the movie where they had costumes and scripts and actual props and things like that which was really neat to see but this movie truly did it right you know Elvis for so much of his fame and I I can't even say his life even far beyond that he's gotten a bad rap from people from his relationship with Priscilla from his professional life from his addictions Things like that. And people forget that he is a person Mm -hmm. who came from nothing, had parents who had no education, neither of them had high school diplomas. He barely had a high school diploma. And he was just so talented and had such a big dream that somebody saw that, latched onto it, and took advantage of him. Mm -hmm. And I know. That people will say, and even our tour guide told us, you know, Elvis tells people he wouldn't have been Elvis Presley without Colonel Tom Parker. And he's probably right. In the beginning. In the beginning. However, Elvis was completely taken over by his entourage, by everyone in his life. And there were few people involved in his life that truly were looking out for his best interests. And obviously Priscilla tried. I think Jerry Schilling tried. I think yes. they had a very close relationship. Joe and I Esposito. Think, yes. And and so I'm not pinpointing everybody that surrounded him. But I do feel that Colonel Tom Parker took complete advantage of this man who didn't know any better. Got him a doctor that got him addicted to these pills and drugs. and That he thought know, was I,
1: okay because they were given to him by a doctor.
0: Yes. So... He was such a lost person that this movie truly, majority of it covers his professional life, which makes the personal stuff make a lot of sense, I feel like. hmm I think it was respectfully done towards the family. I think it mildly touched on the bad things that came into his life. I think it truly showed how hard of a worker he was, how dedicated he was, and how truly he never felt like anything was ever enough. No matter what he did, no matter how plastered his face was all over the world, he just felt like nothing he ever did was good enough. And he just got deep, dark sadness, lost, and— Never recovered from the
1: loss of his mother.
0: And Mm -hmm. I think that's the root of it all. Everything started
1: for him so young, so he really never had to grow up as a typical person, and then losing his mother and going into the military. Mm -hmm. I fully believe, like we've talked about before, had Gladys been alive throughout his life, she was the one who, I mean, that woman didn't have a typical education, but Mm -mm. she, she was relatively street smart, and I think she could have protected him from a lot of the trouble that Ended up invading his life just because there was nobody else that cared for him like she did. I agree,
0: and I think he lost that piece of him when she passed. Mm-hmm. That he just could not, he couldn't fill that void that that she did. Which also makes me sad because I have a son and I know mm-hmm. how our relationship is, and you know that it breaks my heart for him because he he and she both were so young when it happened, but also. For people who are listening, if you don't know, Austin Butler also lost his mom at the same age that Elvis was, 23 years old. So they were both 23 when their moms passed. Elvis Presley died on August 16th. Austin Butler was born on August 17th, which we've seen a lot Mm -hmm. of memes in regards to that, which is just, oh, it gives me chills. But the connection that Austin had to Elvis and the research he did and all the things that he did to prepare himself to fill that role the way that he did so beautifully it really is cinematic genius Baz mm-hmm. Luhrmann made that movie truly revolutionary and I'm excited that I get to say this on this episode because the last one we recorded I couldn't say it but we met B.B. King's granddaughter at B.B. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I convinced her to watch the movie. And she she told me that she had not seen it yet because she didn't love Elvis's type of music. And she said, you know, I just don't love that music, and I know it's going to be full of it. She said, but I also don't like rap music. You know, I have a very different style and taste of music. And I told her, I said, listen, because I asked her at first, I said, how did you feel about the portrayal of your grandfather by that actor? She said, I haven't seen it. And I was like, wow.
1: What?
0: <laughs> So, hey, I told do you want to know
1: what Lynn and I said while you guys were talking? What? <laughs> we joked. And Lynn said something along the lines of, uh, how many times have you heard her tell people to watch this movie? I said, <laughs> it's like a ministry. It's like, instead of telling people about Jesus, which she does do, she's also telling them about the gospel of the Elvis Smithy." <laughs> I do. And it's because <laughs> you're ministering so... to B.B. King's granddaughter. <laughs> I about
0: the am baby. about her own grandfather. <laughs> but it it's because I feel so like our world needed this movie. Our world needed to see that Elvis took gospel, rhythm and blues, soulful black music, and white country music and blended it to make the beautiful sound that he made. And all he wanted was community and for people to love each other and to Be happy. And he cared more about everybody else than truly himself. Mm -hmm. And when I told her, I said, you really need to watch it because it talks about the relationship between B.B. King and Mm -hmm. Elvis. How Elvis saw him and just loved his style, loved how he dressed, wanted to go to the same place he bought his outfits and talk to him about things he wanted to do music-wise. And B.B. King was real with him. He said, you know... So in there's a scene in the movie where he goes in and, and Little Richard's singing Tutti Frutti, and Elvis is like, I would love to record that song. And BB said, I can guarantee you, if you record it, you'll make a whole lot more money than him. And then he tells them, people are wanting to throw me in jail. And he said, throw you in jail? You're a famous white boy. They might throw me in jail for walking across the street, but they are not throwing you in jail. And, and it just kind of talks about their bond and how... Elvis didn't see privilege because he was white. He struggled and he went to somebody who was doing what he wanted to do and went to him for guidance and support and it just portrays that bond so well and Elvis constantly gives credit where it's due. He says, you know, I I go I think what what was what's the quote that he says about I go somewhere, I play, and if they don't like it, I go someplace else, mm-hmm. something like that. And yeah, he's like,
1: I think that's you know, just about it.
0: Yeah, and he said, B.B. King t- told me that, and when they started calling him king of rock and roll, he was like, oh, that's Domino, that's, this is the real king of rock and roll. Like, he really, he was a humble man. Yeah, he loves sparkly and attention and all the things and all that, but when he saw good in somebody, he pointed it out to them. He was their ultimate hype person and cheerleader, which I like to think I am for people too. (laughs) But, and I love that. I love the wanting to uplift people and wanting to speak for people and wanting to help them and be there for them. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes for him, that could have been a double-edged sword. But I think all in all, it was a very wonderful quality for him to have so at the end of this movie when it shows that unchained melody scene and I won't go into all of it for those who are listening who haven't seen it it's the last performance he did live which fun fact was on my birthday oh yeah my birthday was his last live performance Hmm. that's something good to remember I know actually my (laughs) husband told me that the other day he was like did you know and I was like how do you know that
1: Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't talked about this before. Like, no, it's like I if forgot, knew, it would have come up.
0: <laughs> I forgot to say that. He just said it the other day. But so when he you watch him sing that Unchained Melody and give it all of his might and everything he's got, even though you know he's so lost and so deep into whatever it is he's going through, it just, it's so sad. It really is a mm-hmm. sad story because the man had no idea how truly he revolutionized music fashion people I mean there's mm-hmm. not hardly a childhood memory that I have that doesn't involve Elvis. You know, Christmas time we constantly played the Elvis Christmas album. My grandmother loves him. My which my grandfather's brother is Pinkney Keel who named him Elvis the Pelvis, but apparently he didn't like that too much, so <laughs>
1: we won't bring that I mean, up.
0: <laughs> we won't bring that up. But The keels come from a long line of journalism, and so that was kind of where that happened. But anyway, there's just—he's always around. And even as this movie has come out and we've sort of gotten in these rabbit holes and learning things, we're noticing how much he really is around. He's in all kinds of movies.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What did we say? Grease, Lilo, and Stitch. What was that Reese Witherspoon movie I watched the other day?
1: Oh, that you told uh, me
0: about. I was going to say, did you watch it? You didn't tell me. No, 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 no. Walk the Line. And then the one you mentioned. Walk the Line and then Man in the Moon. Yes. Where she's young and she loves to listen to Elvis. That new movie, Ready or Not, they play an Elvis song at the end. It's not him singing. It's another Mm -hmm. version, but it's one of his. Like, he's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, my kids have seen the movie. They asked a lot of questions because they do talk a lot about segregation, and they tried to cancel Elvis because of the way he was moving and gyrating. And phew, I would take that over a lot of the things that I've seen and oh in yeah, my existence. <laughs> but yeah, yeah we we're exposed to everything,
1: whereas at that point in time, the the perspective for those kind of things going on were limited to real life and you had to go to those places. And if you were the general public, you weren't going to places where that kind of thing was happening, where people were moving like
0: that and performing in that way. You remember the scene in Forrest yes. Gump where they walk by the store mm-hmm. and he's on the, the show and she's like, oh, you know, covering his yeah. eyes. He's everywhere. In that movie, he goes and stays in the Airbnb mm-hmm. or, or however, whatever that is <laughs> in, in the movie, I guess, or it's not an Airbnb. I don't know. <laughs> Airbnb back then. uh, (laughs) It's not an Airbnb. That was stupid. I'm in a bed and breakfast. (laughs) They used used the internet
1: back then to book their Airbnb. They did. He
0: booked it. He booked it on the Airbnb website. No, it's not an Airbnb. Bed and breakfast. I guess that's what Forrest's house was. And he showed him how to play the guitar. And he starts shaking his hips and his legs. And it's kind of that talking about him being in those braces to where he can't really move. He's showing him how to move. And I mean, there really is so much good that has come from that man, from his story, from Priscilla, Mm -hmm. from Baz and Austin Butler who have told this story. And I know people think I'm crazy because I've been to Memphis three times since November and... Even my pastor and his wife the other day said, you can't move to Memphis. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not, but I love it. I love everything about it. Going to BB Kings. I love the arcade and I, you're there. And it just, yeah. Not well, what's days. crazy for us is how
1: I saw the movie. The movie came out at the end of June. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. that's kind of what sparked my interest in all of this. And mm-hmm. then my husband receives this job offer that moves us out here not long after Like talk about timing that just happened to be so, and now I live in this area and I feel it. We talk about, it feels like Elvis is everywhere. Well, he really is everywhere (sighs) in Memphis. You can't go somewhere. Like I went to a place called the Tavern the other day for dinner and walking out, the door to the left is a picture of Elvis doing karate and I was like what is this doing here (laughs) like okay yeah but that 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 timing for us to have moved here when we haven't left home before and it just happens to be the place of this story that I've just recently become obsessed with that is crazy
0: insane (laughs) yeah it's crazy how that worked out well as soon as the movie came out and Priscilla recorded the audiobook of her book i listened to that now i listen to it twice because i listened to it after i met jessica again and we sort of reviewed it together but this is why i say that this is a god thing because in line at the same time and it's mm-hmm. led us to all of this like it's just wonderful and, I will and now say we have all too, these plans
1: we do we have plans for the next
0: 50 years so
1: yes we're, <laughs> we're gonna be having fun for forever uh, i will say too at the end of our tour At one point, Michelle left to go to the bathroom, and I was standing with our tour guide, Larisha, talking to her, Mm -hmm. and there were one or two other people that were in our group, and I mentioned how we had met and how random it was and how we've come together, and Larisha goes, you mean y'all aren't related? You mean y'all haven't (laughs) known each other your whole lives? And I was like, No, we just met like a few months ago in October. Yeah, they they couldn't believe it. They were like, There's no way, like you guys were meant
0: to find each other. (laughs) And
1: I just thought, Oh my gosh, we were.
0: We really were. This was so special. And I
1: love Elvis.
0: It's all because of (laughs) Elvis. And I love that you know Lynn now, who's such a special part of my life, and. Now you get to meet another one of my friends next month and we all go to sunny Florida and let the sun just kiss our skin. And we'll have
1: to go on a scavenger hunt to see where we can find Elvis in Florida. Like oh, he's, yeah. he's gotta be, there's gotta be a little, like just a little Oh, thing I guarantee somewhere. you he's
0: in Mel's drive-in somewhere. I just haven't noticed it yet. I guarantee oh, well, it. Okay, we're gonna find it. Okay, we're gonna look for it. Well, we, we are planning, now that we've, somehow been able to see each other every month of this year we got to just keep the trend (laughs) going I guess yeah but this whole experience has been really fun we've heard that Baz has told people that he wants to get Austin Butler on stage as Elvis and I'm like take all my money you can have all of it (laughs) don't say a single thing about his voice because it is perfect the way it is Look, I'm really sick and tired of hearing people talk about his voice changing. He's a 31 year old man; it it's gonna change. And not to mention, he invested his entire life into this character for three years. Mm-hmm. That would be no different than me going up to New Jersey and starting to pick up an accent. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. Y'all leave that man alone. He is an angel. <laughs> He He needs to
1: do voice recordings and put them on Audible so we can listen to them while we fall asleep. Like, I don't want to hear anything negative about that voice because it's it's something.
0: Mm, Well, you know all about voices. (laughs) You've got the best voice in your family. I do. That's what my niece says. And now my voice is on a podcast. So I know. I had to have you, like, bring that voice on here. So (laughs) if you haven't seen the movie Elvis, Go. If you haven't been to Graceland, go, go before the end of the year and do the VIP tour and see the movie exhibit. Ask for Larisha. Ask for Larisha. That is our homegirl. She is wonderful. She makes it so fun. And if you match her energy, oh, you will just have the best time. And it was so funny, too, because the people that were in our tour, there was only seven of us. And even the people that were, were not with us were feeding off of our excitement and stuff like for being mm-hmm. there and it was just it was really really cool and I I already can't wait to go back but my husband's like okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so we've told Jessica that the next trip she's got to make to us we will after after Orlando we'll come to Nashville works for me yeah yeah i think i'm going to throw myself an elvis themed birthday party what do you think i think i will show up and i'll wear the pink pants again
1: yeah But we, you you know what we need? And I'm going to just ruin this right now. If that is the case, I'm going to go back to Tupelo and get one of those big cardboard cutouts that we talked about. (gasps) And I'm going to get one for you of Elvis
0: for (laughs) your birthday decoration slash we just need to have one. So are we still going to share joint custody of him as we previously arranged if we were to buy him or no? You know what?
1: We could because it could be like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, except every yes. time we meet up, we have to exchange the we Elvis back
0: and cut out of Elvis. I love that so much. Well, I would love if anybody ever hears of a meet and greet with Priscilla or Austin Butler. Or Baz. Listen, I'm gonna meet Baz. That man seems like a very fun man. I mm-hmm. see videos of him just getting wild and dancing his little butt off at different events and concerts and stuff. He looks awesome. He's was having nice a good time. Him. Yes, he is. If anybody ever hears of any of that going on, let us know because we would love to be part of that. I mean, we saw the memorial.
1: You know what you're there for. And it's a, a sad event. But after that, yes. we, we we immediately said, how can we see these people again? Like, what? where do we need to go? What do we need to do to see them in a way where we can actually, like, be excited about it?
0: Yes, and actually, the Oscars are that Sunday night that you're in Orlando, and I'm here. Oh. Well, hmm. oh. <laughs> what are we going to do about that? <laughs> oh, that's a thought. I need to go look at flights and see. You might need
1: to move your flight. To... I might need to come a day early. <laughs> you might. Or I'm driving. I could drive up and get you. <gasps> but then you wouldn't fly at all. We'll talk about this later.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about this later. (laughs) Okay. So we hope you loved our All the Things Elvis episode. We just needed to share where the passion, the obsession, the excitement, and wanting to know all the things came from because it truly is a wonderful story, and we feel like sharing his name in a bright light is the right thing to do, and he deserves to be honored in that way. And if
1: you have an opportunity to come to Memphis, you have to go check out Graceland. You yes, have to. you
0: do. A thousand percent. All right. Well, if you like what you heard, like, subscribe, leave some feedback in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, let me know. I'll add you. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to these episodes covering all the things Elvis with memes and my special guest and friend Jessica. To follow up on this episode, thanks to Southwest Airlines for having to change my original flight, I was able to change my flight to another flight for free. So I went ahead and bumped up my flight one day so Jessica and I can watch the Oscars together. Good luck to the makers of the Elvis movie and to Austin Butler. I hope that you walk away with the Oscar for Best Actor. The takeaway from this episode is simple. Uh, go to Graceland. Go to the birthplace. Enjoy Memphis while you're there. There's so much that city has to offer. It's a wonderful destination. So much history. You would definitely love it.